0: Welcome everybody. I'm Keith Ferrante. This is the Emerging Prophet Podcast. I'm so excited to have you on here where I hope to see you go to the next level as an emerging prophet, as a healthy prophet, as someone that wants to bring the kingdom of God to this earth with power. Join me. Let's listen in and hear what God has to say today. God bless you. Hello, hello, hello. Keith Ferrante here. How is everybody doing? Coming to you live from Huntington Beach, Shaka, right here in Southern California. Guys, I'm so excited. I got so much fire burning in me. God's been doing something since Pentecost. Man, God just imparted to me a mantle of the spirit of Elijah and a mantle of the Father's heart. I had a good friend uh, prophesy over me, Doug Addison, that the Lord was going to... Uh, uh, on on Pentecost he was going to release the spirit of Elijah and man it came the mantle came isn't that awesome when the word of the Lord actually is is released and it's actually tangible it's noticeable you can <coughs> you, you can feel it excuse me got a little cough but man you know you know I've been processing this mantle as, as it's been just as, as it's just been kind of growing on me because a mantle, It's not just, you know, power and fire. And it's a way of thinking. It's a way of living. And and, and you look in Malachi 4, 5 and 6. See, I will send the prophet Elijah to you before that great and dreadful day of the Lord comes. He will turn the hearts of the parents to their children and the hearts of their children to the parents. The spirit of Elijah restores people to family, restores people to each other. You look in the, in the New Testament, it says in the, I think it's in Luke, it says, it says the same verse. He will turn the hearts of the parents to their children and the, the disobedient to the teaching of the wise. It's interesting. It kind of changes that a little bit, changes it, kind of increases the, what that means. But I absolutely love this, this mandate. It's just, it's, it's such an amazing mandate. Guys, you cannot be, if you think about Elijah, there, here's Elijah. He is just releasing the word of the Lord over the land, (coughs) prophesying that the the land would receive, uh, you know, that receive God. Israel, come back to God, the God who answers by fire. He is God. That's you think about that. That's really the spirit of Elijah calling people back to God, calling the disobedient back to the, the, the wisdom of the righteous. But. Did, did did Elijah carry that father's heart that drew in the sons and daughters to him? No, it didn't. It didn't seem like he did very well with that. He had a loner tendency. He had a I, I'm the only one out there. He had there was there was there was companies of prophets here and there, and then you have you know the the prophets that were being hidden. Uh, but but here he's like, I'm the only one. He doesn't have a sense of family. He doesn't have a sense of connection. And then, and then he goes and, you know, he has his encounter with the Lord and, and, and the Lord says, hey, go, anoint Elisha as the prophet to succeed you. So he goes, shows the mantle on Elisha and Elisha wants to go back to family to say goodbye. Elisha was healthy. He had a family heartbeat, but Elijah did. And Elisha's kind of like, took the mantle back. What did I do to you? And... Uh, of course, he tried to get rid of uh, uh, Elisha along the way before he got his inheritance. Hey, stay here. I got to go on. Stay here. Stay here in Jericho. Stay here in Beth- Bethel. Uh, you know, I, I've got to go on. And, and Elisha wouldn't, wouldn't leave him. Guys, Elisha carried actually more of the spirit of Elijah than Elijah did. Elijah carried the voice of it, the gong of it. It was correct. He carried. He carried the message of it, but he didn't do very well manifesting the heart of it in a practical way. This is something that I'm so uh, passionate about. Not prophets that don't just release the word of the Lord, but they release they are the word of the Lord. So if you're going to release a message about God restoring family, fathers to children, children to fathers, Shouldn't you actually have a heart for your family to be restored? Shouldn't you be modeling going after your kids, going after your parents, spiritual parents, spiritual children, natural parents, natural children, brothers and sisters. Shouldn't you be a champion of relationships? Shouldn't you be a champion of, isn't that what a new covenant prophet is all about? Reconciliation, drawing people into connection with God, reconciling, bringing back, like we we so often think of prophets. Okay, a prophet's job is to call sin out, call people out. I saw God destroying this. I saw this wickedness. God showed me this demon. All that, guys, that has nothing to do with reconciliation. That's the starting point. Now you got to take that and you got to fight for God's heart. It's it's like it's like Paul. It's like Paul and Barnabas. Okay, it's the story of Barnabas, a New Covenant prophet who, who you know, the rest of the apostles, the the apostles. We're all afraid of Paul. All they were seeing was the problem, the sin, the past, the history of, of Saul destroying the church. They couldn't see past it to see the redemption, the reconciliation. But here's Barnabas. He could see through all that. He could see the redemptive purpose of God for Paul. And he comes <coughs> and he makes the connection between Paul and the apostles. He, he says, Hey guys, he's safe. There's good in him. That is the higher purpose. Guys, don't think the highest purpose is seeing the evil that's happening in a person a nation an industry don't see that the highest purpose is seeing the the moral depravity of a culture the that the, you know people just continually championing sin continually championing everything every every uh Every sexual preference that is against God's design. Guys, don't think that is what a prophet does. That's the starting point for where you get the fire, where you get the, the passion for change. Like Elijah, he saw the moral decay, the, the, the that Israel was supposed to be serving God, but they were against God. They they were their kings were not serving God. And he had this fire in them. But he did not become that father that he was prophesying. He did not become, he, he was the warrior, but he wasn't the father. I mean, I know he was a father, but I, and I remember years ago uh, hearing from, from one of my fathers, talking about one of their fathers, and they were saying, my, you know, my spiritual father, he carried the heart of a father for me, but he didn't have the tools of a father. So he was super harsh. Super, I mean, I, I remember some guys, I remember hearing about guys like uh, like Leonard Ravenhill. Of course, he was, he, was, he carried the spirit of Elijah. He carried the fire. I mean, he was one of our heroes growing up. He, was, he wrote the book, Why Revival Terries? And what is that? It's like, okay, why? It, it's looking at the problem and putting it out there. Why people don't want God? Why people don't have revival? Guys, that's the starting point. But you got to move past it. And I remember hearing a story from Steve Hill, which was the a prophetic evangelist for the Brownsville revival, who, who, you know, was mentored by Leonard Ravenhill. And, and he said, uh, you know, when he first met Leonard, he called uh, called him up and he's like, hey, Leonard, can I have can I meet with you? And Leonard says, sure. Meet me at 11 o'clock tomorrow morning, Saturday morning. And Steve's like, I can't make it that, that I have an appointment. And Leonard just hangs up the phone. Of course Steve Hill calls and says, "Hey, I'll be there at 11." And he's his mentor. But but I I mean those are kind of some of the tactics that the spiritual fathers that some of us, maybe you, may you know some even some of mine used. Like they used tactics that were not really fatherly. But they had a father's heart for me, like, and I, I remember once one of one of my mentors was just coming down on me hard, and and most of the time most of my mentors have been just absolutely amazing, but this one was just coming down on me. I, I did something stupid. It's not that they were coming down because you didn't. You did do something stupid. Maybe it was just something stupid in the way I. Was thinking, or how I handled somebody else, or or maybe I just wasn't wise, and it's, I overtalked somewhere where I shouldn't have over-talked, Something I don't even remember what it was. It just came down on me. Was a little harsh on me. I turned around and used that same tactic on one of the sons that I was raising up. One of the people that was in my world that had been going through this this problem with with a uh, you know like a like a sexual addiction for like a year pornography. And, and, I, and I just came, I just was like, oh, come on, how much longer are you going to be wrestling with pornography? And just just kind of like that, just a little more irritated. And literally just crushed the, 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 the person, just crushed them. After that, you know, I, I was talking to the Lord and the Lord was like, hey, the tool that was used on you just, just recently, that you then used on the son that, that I gave you to, to, to raise up, that's not my tool. Just because that father's using it doesn't mean that's my heart. And so I, I, of course, I repented, called the son. I'm so sorry that I did this to you. That just that's not wasn't the right way. I needed to be more patient. I know you're on a journey. I know this doesn't quit. You know, just you don't get free overnight all the time. Sometimes it's a long journey. I'm with you. Hey, I, I love you. You're going to make it. And you know what? I did all that, but the, I just had hurt the son too much. He didn't want to. It just broke the relationship after that. It, it was sad for me. You know, that I could I could handle that tool from a father because I I was I, I grew up a little bit more under that culture where that was that was just a little bit more of how it was. It wasn't right. It's not, you know, some people say, "Hey, well, my dad, he just used to just to spank me and my butt would bleed and I'm like, okay, yeah. That's fine." But was that the right way? I mean, I I, I you know, just because you got your behind kicked, is that what you want the next generation to get? Yes, we want the next generation to get God's, you know, like a healthy parent representation. We want, we want, to, we want to discipline our children at the right time. We want to do it, but, but not out of anger. Like to me, I seem to remember, like, it seemed like discipline came a little bit more from anger rather than love. Love that can be frustrated, but, but, you know, love is patient, even if it disciplines. And so I think there was some upgrades that we need. And so, you know, guys, like here's the spirit of Elijah being poured out. And it's it's poured out it, it, upon us. But like, like for the last 20 some years, I've been saturated in the father's love by some amazing spiritual fathers and mothers and by the heavenly father. I've been saturated. But a lot of those fathers that were pouring out their father's heart to us, they were the first one. They were like the Elijah, the first one forging that territory. And maybe they didn't use all the right tools. They still get the reward. I mean, God doesn't say, I'm going to restore, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to send the spirit of Elisha before that great and deadful day and he will turn the hearts. I mean, no, there's still a reward for the, the pioneer of the message. But guys, Elijah did not end the curse over the land. He started the, he started the movement, but it took Elisha because he had a community heart and he was able to get into community. He was able to raise up and he actually fathered yeah, you know the 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 prophets. He fathered the sons, the you know the the families. He fathered the the family sons and daughters. He fathered them. He cared for both of them. He provided for them. He did miracles. He trained them. He gave them the word of the Lord. And then then the unknown prophet, the the double oh seven prophet, I like to call him, in 2 Kings nine, got the word of the Lord put into his mouth by by Elisha, and he goes to Jehu, anoints the next king of Israel. Jehu was a commander at the time. Jehu gets that anointing on him. He goes crazy for the things of God. He goes wild, and he ends up, you know, being a part of, like, getting Jezebel thrown down. She's, you know, ending Ahab and his descendants and breaking the curse over the land that Elijah started, but Elijah couldn't complete. Like, guys, I just want to ask you this. Are you going to be Are you going to be the Elijah that can start something but can't complete it? Because you cannot actually become the answer to what you've been prophesying. Listen, for me, I'm always going after being congruent with my message, not just declaring a message. I've learned this. If I'm going to speak a message, I need to be congruent to it. So if I'm going to prophesy relational reconciliation, I've got to get a heart to restore relationships. I've got to be doing that in my own world. Maybe I'm not doing it at the level that Everyone else is going to do it. But if I don't have a heart for the next generation, if I don't have a heart for the fathers and mothers and the sons and daughters, and I'm not going after doing the hard work of of carrying Father's heart to people that are rebellious, disconnected, making it hard for me to connect. Like, guys, that's my journey. That's like, I got to carry the Father's heart. And if I carry the Father's heart, Then I prophesy the spirit of Elijah is going to be released and God's going to restore the spirit of Elijah and I'm prophesying the word of the Lord. Then what happens is people get an impartation of what I'm prophesying, not just a prophecy. I'll say it like this. Someone could prophesy over over an individual that that God's just going to rock their business, give them finance, breakthrough, give them his strategy, and it could be a correct prophecy. Then someone comes along who actually has a, a grace in business who as an impartation they've busted through the poverty spirit in their own life and then they prophesy over a, a business owner that they're going to get a breakthrough. Who do you think has a little bit more impact potential? Now I know that I've received amazing prophecies from people that are not that were not congruent to their prophecies, but if at all possible, shouldn't you like if you're going to be prophesying consistently about someone breaking through financially, shouldn't you have broken through financially yourself? Because now you're going to not just release a prophecy, you're going to release an impartation of family of of of, of financial breakthrough. Do you see? Do you see the difference, guys? This is the difference. This is like: Are you prophesying your church needs to come back to revival? Your church needs to come back to God. Are you? Are you are you revived? Are you full of life? If you're prophesying, God needs to heal this nation. Are you actually reconciling with people around you? Are you loving people? Are you you like what what are you prophesying? What are you prophesying? Are you congruent with what you're prophesying, guys? That is a part of uh, more of the apostolic side. It's like some people can be a prophet; they're just releasing the word. But then, what's the apostolic side? It's like you're building something. The apostolic is building what the prophets released with their with their words. Like, I don't want to just be the, uh, the prophet that prophesies that that isn't congruent with my words. I want to I want to carry the apostolic prophetic calling. And I think we should all we should all step into that. So when we coming in, we come in and we prophesy the kingdom of God is coming. Then we actually bring the kingdom of God in as well. We prophesy it and then we demonstrate it with the power of God, with deliverance, with healing. We say, "Oh, the kingdom of God is here." We prophesied. We delivered. We want to prophesy. I mean, it's, it's like this, guys. I was worrying about several thousand dollars of bills, and God says, "Keith, you're called to to be a part of dealing with billions of dollars of national deficit." I'd received this prophecy about that. And here you are worrying about $2,000 of bills. See, there's an incongruency. You need to get congruent. You got to get congruent. God wants us congruent to our message. He wants us, if you're going to deal with the national debt, you ought you to be free of debt yourself. You ought to be at least, you ought to be having strategy that gets yourself rid of it, whatever you're prophesying. Or else, I mean, guys, have you ever heard, have you ever heard somebody that preaches this, a message and they're preaching hard, and you can tell that's a message that they need to hear for themselves. Like they're preaching about hope, and you and you know that person behind the scenes, and you know they struggle with hope, and that's kind of like their struggle, and they're not very hopeful. Like, I know they're like that's that's always been my journey. Whenever I get when I get this fresh revelation, I want to preach it. I always have to ask myself, am I congruent? Whenever I get uh, a book that I want to write. I remember I wrote this book on breaking poverty some years ago, and I'm like, I got the revelation of it. And then I was showing it to my wife, and she's like, yeah, you're not you're not there yet yourself. You can't put the book out. You you know, it's revelation, but it's not congruent. And And you know what? You never like to hear that. It's like, what? I just wrote this book. I want to put it out there. No, I needed to sit on that another three to four years and let it actually become a part of my DNA that I was free of a lot of the tentacles of poverty and I was really starting to step into abundance myself and that's what happened. I started I started breaking free. I I kept going. I kept busting after it. I kept, you know, trying to go after that revelation of abundance versus poverty and got free of it and then it's like okay, now let's look and I had completely forgot about the book at that time. I had literally completely forgot about that book. And then the Lord, Lord literally reminded me, Keith you have a book to put out. I said, "Yeah, what? You remember that manuscript that you wrote? You already started the editing on it. You had someone editing it. That one right there. That is, it's ready. It's ready now." And I go, "Oh my word! I got a book. I, I even forgot about it. it. Was so cool. It's like, like so, like we have to, we have to know the difference, guys, between the the revelation and the release of the revelation." Some people like to talk, always talk revelation, 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 but they got no reality in their own life. I, I, don't, ever, I don't ever want to talk about family and not be champion family. I don't want to ever talk about financial breakthrough and not be, you know, I don't want to talk about transforming nations and not be going after transforming nations. I don't want to talk about loving children and not loving my own children. You see, guys, it's not that we're perfect. And I remember someone saying this, it's like, you know, Sometimes a prophet maybe they have a message of relationships and and you look at them from and you look at them and you think they're not that good at relationships. You got to make sure you don't judge them because maybe they are working really hard at relationships but they came from such a broken place that what does not look good to you is actually in God's sight oh my word that person is a champion in relationships. It, it, you, you have to we have to make sure not to judge. We're not judging other people. This message is not about judging other people's incongruencies to their message. This is about us assessing ourselves. Like, am I congruent to my message as a prophet? Because that's 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 a big part of my mandate is to be congruent to my message to the best that I can. And I don't want to get out there preaching my message beforehand because you know what happens if I do? I'm gonna get. The enemy coming at me to test me, so if I'm not congruent enough to to my message, then the enemy is going to have leeway. He's going to have a he's going to see the loopholes, and so when you preach it, he's going to come back at you. I remember this. I had preached this message once, and this when I learned this the hard way. I preached this message on the Lord showed me a problem in a church on around bitterness. He showed me that there was a bitter bitter root in this church, and so I preached this message on you know like exposing bitterness you know it was interesting when i got the message because when i got the message by revelation i was thinking to myself oh my word i haven't really been tested in this this is not something i've been tested in so i i i, I could i could i could tell when i got the me- me- revelation that i was tested that 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 i that i wasn't tested in it but i still preached it anyways because i didn't understand this principle back then I preached this message on bitterness within two weeks. I was more bitter and I was under the spirit of bitterness for like a year. I was so bitter at some little things that happened uh, and how people received the message, a little bit of feedback tour on the message. And I went through a year just so bitter, so frustrated. And at the end of that year, God says, okay, congruency, Keith. We've got to be congruent to our message. And next time, I don't want you to preach about bitterness. I want you to preach about reconciliation. I showed you the bitterness, but I wanted you to preach the answer. You could have preached that and been safe, but if you preach about bitterness, it's going to come at you. You're going to empower that spirit, and if you're not free of it, it's just coming at you. So he's like, now I want you to re-preach that message, but I want you to talk about the ministry of reconciliation. Preach to the answer. Don't preach to the problem. See, God was training me. That was a painful year-long lesson to learn that lesson as a prophet. Don't just because you see it doesn't mean you got to say it. And if you're going to say it, make sure you're congruent to whatever you're saying. Make sure you have, you have permission from the Lord. There's a congruency. Others feel like, yeah, you really resonate with that message. It doesn't mean you're perfect. It doesn't mean you're the, because Jesus is the only answer. It doesn't mean you shouldn't give the word, but you just want to do it humbly. If you're going to give a word, that's a strong word, do it humbly if you haven't broken through in that area yourself. Put a lot of, "Hey guys, I'm giving a word. I know I'm going to work in progress in this word myself, so I preach this very humbly. I'm just ask, I just feel like I should share it and like you you maybe the Lord will put some grace and protection in around you because you you've done it in a in humility." Uh, this this is I I hope you guys are enjoying this conversation I just I want to see prophets come out to you know, on the earth new breed of prophets that are congruent to the word of the Lord that God has given they're they're healthy people they're healthy relationally they're fighting for health they're fighting for joyful uh, a joyful view of the Father they're fighting for a view of the Father the Father's loving and kind and gentle and they're manifesting it in their own life they're guys prophets are strong people but can you can you tell that if a strong prophet can learn to be kind and gentle and a loving father and a loving mother man that is such a powerful impartation let's not just be the prophet that sounds the message let's be a prophet that is the message that can have an impartation when you release the father's heart spirit of Elijah message you 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 should also release and have the ability to have your arms around people with love. Have the father's heart. Have the gentleness and the kindness of the father. So I'm praying for you guys. If you, wherever you're out of congruency, that God will literally show you where you've been incongruent, and you'll be able to get synced up, get congruent. You get you get locked in to the message God has given you. But you, your life becomes a life that is living that message out. You're like a living epistle, and and because of that, people receive that message. And guys, listen, when you preach a message like that and you're congruent to it, you're going to be safe. You're not going to, how many how many prophets have we seen go rise to the top and then fall off? How many people have we seen preach about immorality and then be immoral themselves? It's like, don't preach just from the spirit of Elijah perspective what's wrong. Make sure, first of all, you're congruent with that message and then humbly share because of your own battles to overcome that. That what whatever that is, because because then you're gonna give people impartation to help bring them out. And you're not gonna fall and crash and burn and then a bunch of people just get disappointed in God and disappointed in you, and it's like, man, then throw you off to the wayside. Guys, listen, if you just be a little more congruent to your message and like, hey, just because you have an opportunity to preach shouldn't doesn't mean you should preach. Just because you have a prophetic anointing doesn't mean you should use it. Get congruent to the heart and the health of your message before you give it, and then there'll be more protection on you, and you won't be exposed to the enemy being able to have access to you. Because if you preach on bitterness and you got bitterness in your own life, he's gonna have authority to come back. That's what I learned. Take it or leave it, guys. But this is these are some of the nuggets that I've learned in my journey. Of becoming a healthy prophet, and I want to see thousands of healthy prophets raise up. I just pray that you'll become the healthiest prophet that your region knows, that the people around you knows. They'll be like, oh my word, who is this person? They're so healthy. Every time they talk, they, they just, I know their life, and I know that they're just as congruent to what they're saying, because their life matches it. And so I can hear their words. So guys, I just pray grace over you, impartation over you, the love of God over you, the favor of God over you, the peace of God over you, the con- connect, the congruency that God literally sinks you up to the message. And he'll break clear the message he wants you to bring out, wherever you bring it out, even if it's one-on-one or if it's to an in, uh, to a group of people or to a church or to a business, wherever it is, you'll be congruent to it and you'll give it humbly but powerfully, and it'll be transformational. Man, I love you. Have an amazing day. Talk to you again. Another Emerging Prophet podcast coming out every week. Bless you guys. Peace. If you've enjoyed this Emerging Prophet podcast and you want to check out more resources from us, you can go to our website at EmergingProphets.com or you can watch us weekly on Facebook in our free Facebook group, All Things Prophetic. We so hope you're enjoying everything that you're receiving. Have an absolutely amazing day. God bless you.